0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1700. Why I Own 100% U.S. Stocks by A Purple Life of APurpleLife.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Now let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. Why I Own 100% U.S. Stocks by A Purple Life of APurpleLife.com. Let's start with all the caveats. Just like everything I do in my life, this is not a recommendation. I'm just trying stuff out and seeing what works. I'm not an expert or a guru. I'm just a 30-year-old going through life. This is how I've set up my investment portfolio, but I'm not saying this is right for everyone. It's called personal finance for a reason. All right, now that the disclaimers are done, let's dig into it. When I finally decided to listen to my partner and look into this whole financial independence thing after two years of him bothering me, I read everything I could on the subject. I devoured finance books and blogs. After several months of data gathering, I felt that I understood the subject matter enough to decide how I wanted to structure my own investment portfolio. Before I started reading, I didn't really understand what a stock was, y'all. But after those few months of reading, I understood enough to realize that my 401k was in subpar funds that my parents' financial advisor suggested and felt comfortable enough to stray a little from the beaten path, as if that's rare for me. I moved my 401k to low cost stock index funds and then decided to make a plan for my investing future. After careful consideration and financial calculators, I decided to own 100% U.S. stocks. I've received a fair number of questions on the reasoning behind this decision with main concerns including, but what about bonds? Bonds are a stabilizing force in a portfolio that helps smooth the wild ride of the stock market. The flip side of that is that bonds are a drag on your portfolio. While greater stability can help people sleep at night, holding bonds also decreases the overall return of your portfolio which first clicked for me when i read a post by go curry cracker about why he's on the path to 100% stocks longevity hopefully i'm looking at a 70 year retirement and because of that long time frame i am of course concerned about running out of money having 100% stocks helps me fight against the challenges of living that long on my portfolio in go curry cracker's post He lays out the possible terminal values of a portfolio and finds that the difference in terminal value between a portfolio of 100% stocks compared to 70% stocks for a 60-year retirement is four times more. Having 30% bonds instead of 0% leaves you with one quarter of the money at the end of a long retirement. That's a lot of dough to leave on the table just to play down stock market gyrations. And to be honest, I'm not very concerned about experiencing stock market volatility because of lifestyle flexibility. My lifestyle is completely flexible. I have absolutely no roots or anything keeping me in one location. No house, no car, no kids, no pets. Geo-arbitrage is part of my retirement plan, both so I can see the world and experience other places and because it allows me to scale my costs up and down as needed without decreasing my standard of living. I can also look into earning a little money if needed. I will use decreased spending and, if necessary, increased income instead of bonds to help smooth my ride. So that's why I don't own bonds. But what about my weird stock allocation? What about international stocks? I never realized this truth before I read a post by godfather of Phi JL Collins, but US stock index funds such as VTSAX that I own actually include a fair bit of international exposure. I was shocked to see that the amount from other countries is almost half. In addition to where the sales come from, Collins makes some great points about the additional risks that come along with investing in international funds, such as currency risk, accounting risk, and the higher expense ratio. It also just so happens that the U.S. makes up 15% of global GDP. The U.S. is not a small player on the stage. I am aware of home country bias, and I'm not investing this way because I think the U.S. is perfect or because I happen to live here. It just so happens that I've weighed the pros and cons and think I'll be just fine without. I already have a fair bit of international exposure built in. If the U.S.'s percentage share of global GDP or the percentage of U.S. company sales from other countries decreases significantly, I'll reassess my plan. Simplicity. Quote, simple is good. Simple is easier. Simple is more profitable. J.L. Collins, The Simple Path to Wealth. I am a self-proclaimed lazy person, and I'm always looking for efficiencies in my life. In addition to all the reasons mentioned, another reason I do not hold bonds or international stocks is simply because it's more complicated without a lot of upside based on my specific situation. Rebalancing a portfolio, even with the complexities of tax-advantaged and taxable accounts, isn't that complicated. But it's one more thing that I don't need to do. Instead, I can just let it ride. Conclusion I try to carefully evaluate all the big decisions in my life to make sure my decision is the best one for me and my portfolio is no different. 100% U.S. stocks sounds like the best option for me at the moment, but I can't promise I'll never change my mind. Life is all about learning and adapting based on new knowledge. But for now, I'm riding the wildly bucking unicorn that is 100% U.S. stocks. you just listen to the post titled, Why I Own 100% U.S. Stocks by A Purple Life of APurpleLife.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. USPS Ground Advantage, Simple, Affordable, Reliable. Purple Life perfectly articulated most of my reasons why I'm also invested in a 100% US stock portfolio. I consider myself a pretty lazy passive investor. So across my various tax advantaged accounts and my after-tax brokerage, I'm all in on VTSAX, which is Vanguard's total US market index fund. My strategy was heavily influenced by the book, The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And if you haven't read that yet, I highly recommend it. This is the book that finally got me comfortable with investing. I deal with the volatility of a 100% stock portfolio in two key ways. Firstly, I just don't watch the roller coaster ride of the stock market very closely. I look at the money I invest like a tax that I'm paying to my future self. I see that money is not really mine, meaning present day Diana has no claim to it. So whether my portfolio is up or down doesn't really have an effect on me right now, and I can happily ignore it. Also, I think a big reason why people include bonds in their portfolio is to smooth the volatility ride so they don't freak out and panic sell when they see the inevitable dips in their portfolio. Bonds are also important to smooth the ride when you're drawing down from your portfolio in retirement. I've replaced the stability of bonds with a really strong cash position. Most people think I'm holding way too much cash because I have about a year of expenses just sitting there earning no meaningful interest. But for me, holding this much cash provides extra insurance that whatever financial needs arise, it's unlikely I will need to tap into my investments anytime soon like Purple Life. I love that I don't have to worry about rebalancing. But when I eventually add bonds to my portfolio, I'd probably start using a service like M1 Finance who will automatically rebalance for me so that I can continue not to look at it. And that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day and I'll see you in the Friday show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.